G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Hey, there is no doubt that hearing the stories of Christian believers who've overcome difficult circumstances is an amazing encouragement for us to press in and overcome our own hardships. Well, our special guest over this coming hour is Naomi Reed, who is about to release her 10th book. Naomi's latest book is a devotional book. It's called A Story of Hope that covers the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. No doubt we'll talk a little about that book. But not only does Naomi write books, she also writes lots of short faith stories for Eternity News and the Bible Society. And she has a wonderful, refined way of capturing the breadth of the way that God is at work around the world in individual lives and often through those who are going through hardships. Naomi Reed is a collector of stories, giving people a voice, enabling them to tell their own story of why Jesus changes everything. And Naomi may want to hear your story too. And very shortly when we open our talkback lines, you might like to call in, connect with Naomi, and you might have your own story to share. But Naomi Reed, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Thanks, Neil. Well, Naomi, uh, a writer, a collector of stories. I wonder whether we can start with where you began to collect stories, where you began to recognise you had a gift for writing and uh, that others wanted to read what you'd written. Uh, Take us back to those uh, early beginnings of recognising that you had some power when you took a hold of a pen. It's interesting, isn't it, Neil? Because I think that a lot of us, um, we don't realise uh, the things that God has gifted us to do until some situation in life actually makes that possible. So, for example, I didn't really, I wasn't good at English at school. I didn't go into any kind of arts degree or writing. I actually studied physiotherapy, so science, and my husband did as well. And then after a few years working as physios in Australia, we ended up working, serving in Nepal for six years with the International Nepal Fellowship as physios. And, and back then, in, it was the 90s, and Nepal was a very needy country, as it still is in different ways. But back then, there were only two Nepali physiotherapists for a population of 20 million. It's incredible um, <laughs> health needs across, across the country. And so we then served there for six years in two lots of three years. And it's such a privilege to live there and be part of the local church. And we ended up, being part of a training program for local physios, which was, of course, what was needed and, and wonderful. And now there are a couple of thousand physios in Nepal, local physios, which is brilliant. But I think as well as being a privilege to be there and live there, we had our children there as well, uh, our three sons. It was May also, I mean, there was also very hard times. Yeah, hard times. I wonder whether the culture shock of 
moving from Australia to Nepal, and you say there were plenty of hard times to yeah. uh, to be able to talk about, to be engaging with people that you were serving there, and you and yeah, your husband yeah. working as physiotherapists. I wonder whether that culture shock and the recognition of the difference uh, to where you grew up and what was happening in the lives of people in a place like Nepal was actually some inspiration for you to say, we've got to be able oh, to tell stories to, cre- to yeah, create yeah, exactly. cross-cultural bridges. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so we used stories while we were there, but also for me, I think, it was telling stories for people back home also became a really important thing. So towards the end of our time there, it was 2005 and 2006, and the civil war in Nepal was getting a lot worse. There was sort of 15,000 people had died. There was a Maoist insurgency. There was shoot-on-site curfew every evening uh, after dark where we were living, which was in a little village outside of Kathmandu. And so as well as the issues to do with the war, there was lots of strikes and um, uh, roadblocks and (laughs) things that made life incredibly difficult for the locals and for us. And as well as that, I was homeschooling our three sons on this Himalayan ridge, sort of quite a long way from uh, <laughs> anything that you might want when you're homeschooling. And we didn't have a lot of, well, hardly any internet. It was actually, it was a, it was a difficult um, situation. And it was also in Nepal, It ra- there's a monsoon. It rains from the beginning of June until the end of September every year. So it's 120 days of rain. So in 2005, it was June and the civil war was getting worse and homeschooling the boys and the rain began again. And, and one of my local friends, lovely, lovely Nepali friend, at the same time from, from our local church, she was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumour. And I just went into that monsoon with a real heavy heart and struggling with everything, with the war, the rain, with the grief of my friend and with managing our three boys in the middle of rain. And I was... And I remember just, uh, just you know, questioning God and how does he work through seasons of life for like, you know, particularly really hard ones where you can't see, you can't see a lot of <laughs> hope or you can't see how it's ever going to actually resolve, particularly politically. So I actually, during that monsoon, in my desperation, I started typing. That's when I actually started writing after having never written anything before, but I... I would write every evening between about nine and midnight. Uh, And often we had power cuts at that time as well. So I'd be typing on the computer, but (laughs) the the power would be off. So I'd have two little candles on either side of the computer to try to see the screen, which is actually quite difficult. And the rain would be pouring down and I'd type for a few hours until the battery ran down. And, And that went that whole monsoon while I was struggling but particularly writing about looking back on other seasons of life and the ways that God had worked in ways that were surprising perhaps or had shown me more about himself or um, uh, or just his plan for the world in Christ. And so I was writing about seasons of life and that book then became my seventh monsoon because it was by then our seventh monsoon. And so it was just a story, just an easy to read cup of tea story about how God is good, really, and had led us even through previous struggles and through that situation in Nepal. And that book then, I didn't think at the time, I was just writing really to, <laughs> like I had someone to talk to really and to share with uh, and perhaps to encourage. That book then uh, was published um, 
and has sold, I don't know, 20,000 copies. It, it, it's really, it just, it's gone to places I would never imagine. People write to me from other parts of the world saying they've read it and that it's been an encouragement uh, to them in their own walk with the Lord. Well, you and certainly you certainly uh, are able to give us a wonderful uh, descriptor uh, living there on a Himalayan ridge and the seasons that happen in in the Himalayas in Nepal, mm. uh, you know, and the, the monsoon that lasts from June through September. And I imagine that a lot of life comes to a standstill in that time and mm. and it's much more difficult to be able to live even through that oh, season yeah. but but, uh, <laughs> but you did that through seven monsoon seasons yeah, because that yeah. was that was the inspiration for the title of your, your this is mm. your best selling book isn't it the seventh monsoon yeah the, yeah the first one in the best selling yeah that's right and so, so seven monsoons to reflect on to be able to mm. discuss and open up issues of the heart that come when you're actually going through times when you're mm. in the middle of the war and the the rain and the grief. That's right. I think in those times, particularly, I mean, obviously reading Ecclesiastes helped me from, you know, chapter three, there's a time for this and a time for that. But at the end of that chapter, it says that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing taken from it. God does it so that men and women will revere him. And I think it's such a profound reminder, actually, that God is, you know, we, we struggle within, you know, this, this day today or this season today in this rain or this or this curfew, this isolation as we've been through recently. And we struggle to see what God is doing, but we have to hold on to that he, he is sovereign and good and bringing about his purposes uh, through Christ, and he he knows the end of the story. He will he will restore all things. He will come again in glory. Um, and but what he does is that so that we will revere him, so that men and women will revere him or fear him. Of course, it says in other versions. But I like that word revere. I think in the dictionary it says um, it sort of says to show utmost um, respect and honor and awe. <laughs> To God, it's sort of this get on your knees and worship kind of word. And I think what I've come to see is that most often we do that most profoundly actually during hard seasons, either through through grief or struggle or questions or, or civil war or, or other things. Um, that's when we get on our knees, really through the hard seasons. And I think that book is all about actually recognizing that and then sharing it and then realizing that in sharing our hard seasons and how we have really leaned into God more and understand his plans and his purposes, that that sharing that can be so helpful for other people who aren't necessarily living on a Himalayan ridge in 120 days of rain. Uh, You know, they're not necessarily doing that, but they're going through their own hard hard thing. And and, and as we share together, we sort of realise that we're on this this shared journey, aren't we, where where, um, we're connecting with each other as humans, and I think as close as we connect with each other as Christians, we, we realize that we find our hope in the same place in the Lord Jesus. So, yeah, so for me, that's when I started sharing my story and then realizing the impact it could the encouragement it could be to others in book form. And that was now t- about 12 years ago wow. <laughs> that that book was Naomi, written. Naomi, we don't 
think of our own personal story in the same way that we might think of a biblical story, say, of Mm -hmm. the hardships that Job went through, or, Mm -hmm. you know, Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the wilderness and uh, pressing on to the promised land, or uh, there's a squillion stories that we can pick up from the Bible, but sometimes we might minimize our own story, but our own stories have value too. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. the revealed, inspired Word of God that we might read about in the Bible, but mixing storytelling with those biblical accounts, it's still really reflecting what God is doing in the lives of individuals mm-hmm. and in the lives of families and people. So there is That's value right. in our own stories. Mm-hmm. Because, as you say, we're not in the biblical account, although we can be so encouraged by the, um, you know, the lives of, as you say, Moses or Joseph or any of them. But in some ways, of course, uh, when when we think of uh, the story of, Je- that, you know, the incredible uh, account of the Lord Jesus and his life and death and resurrection um, and then ascension into heaven and the promises that he will come again, in some ways, we are living, this is sort of there's a million different sequels, isn't there, or more, <laughs> since Jesus um rose from the dead, you know, and promised to come again. Like we are we are in that period. We're post resurrection. We're waiting for his return. And so in some ways we're the tiny we're the million little <laughs> sequels. Of course it's not inspired, it's not in the canon. But um I think that's that's what how how we have to see ourselves is these tiny specks in God's big long story that he is he is writing, that he is telling, that he will bring about. But even as even as you're sharing that, I'm reminded of that verse in Revelation, uh, overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And I can't tell you mm-hmm. the chapter and verse exactly right now, but the word of our testimony is the sort of story that we have for our own life. Everyone's got a different story. Mm-hmm. Uh, some have some similarities, and we have legitimacy in our stories because of those biblical accounts, but the word of our testimony is still so relevant. Uh-huh. And we're invited to share it. There's another verse in Psalm 107 where it says, um, where it says, verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. And, of course, you know, this is written 3,000 years ago <laughs> in the life of the Israelites, which is different uh, time to what we're living in now. And yet that invitation, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, uh, I, I love that. I, I think it's really important. It was important then and it's important now as we tell it in the context of God's big, long story. Um, can be so can be so encouraging for others. And Naomi, you are someone who helps people tell their story. And uh, when you're collecting stories, I think I introduced you in, uh, in our introduction there as a collector of stories. And <laughs> not everybody who would be a collector of stories has the sort of outlet that you do because you're writing for Eternity News and for the Bible Society and and what wonderful organizations they are mm-hmm. because they're yeah. stories that are going to be kept for posterity uh, for future generations even. And and you would love to be able to connect today uh, to listeners who have a story to tell, who have a testimony that they think that uh, can be really Im- impacting for others. You would like to hear from people today. Is that the case? Mm, definitely. And I love a variety of them. So I started doing this. I started collecting these stories for the Bible Society and Eternity News at the end of last year, and they're now publishing them 
uh, every every couple of days on their website and, and on their social media. And I felt at that point, well, actually, just before that, a couple of years before that, I'd done a book of faith stories, of people's conversion stories from around the world, people who come to Jesus as adults out of Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism and New Age and other things. And there were people spread around the world, like from in Iraq and uh, Iran and Tajikistan and Uganda and Singapore and Nepal, and etc. So there was a, lot, a whole range of people and a real variety within those stories, but there was only 13 of them. And I got to the end of that book, and uh, I think I was doing some marketing. Someone was asking me, what was the hardest thing about writing that book? Because, of course, I loved it. And I actually said the hardest thing about writing that book was coming to an end because I felt like, well, I could just keep going. There's a thousand stories out there that I could do in short form that I could help people to share because everybody you know, has something to tell in some way or the way that God has impacted their life through Jesus. So there's something to tell, but often just need a little bit of um, shaping or guidance or tweaking to know or how do you present that story in a way that will really touch people's hearts and will fill up their souls in an encouraging way. So at the end of that book, I thought, yeah, I'd love to keep going. And that was when I connected with the Bible Society and they said, well, let's do lots and lots of little short ones. And again, what I've loved, so mostly uh, in Australian uh, circles, but what I've loved is the variety of of people sharing. So, for example, I spoke to a lovely 92-year-old lady who's living in a retirement village in in central New South Wales, and and she's struggling at the moment because they've all been on lockdown. But she shared with me over the phone about how she'd gone to university back in the 1940s and (laughs) studied science, and she was really very back then, uh, quite analytical about Christian faith and quite uh, negative until over the years her husband became a Christian and then she started going to church. And she said in her 70s she had a powerful encounter with God when she was at a conference and they invited people to come down for prayer and um, she was reading Timothy about being t- about what does it mean to be uh We can be timid in our faith. And she just suddenly inside her longed for a fresh expression of what it meant to follow Jesus. And she said she was so overcome that she felt like she would have fallen over. And in her 70s, she was at the altar. Anyway, but at 92, she said that now living in what's been hard, the isolation, but she's still connecting with church members online and she's still ringing her, her friends. But she said to me, no, uh, so I'd quite like to live a little bit longer, but I'm not fussed. She said, I know where I'm going. And she said, I'm not quite sure what heaven's going to be like, but I know it'll be better than this. And then she said, so I sit here and I enjoy the sunshine and I look at the roses and I sing my favorite hymn. And, and then she said what the hymn was. I just thought that was a lovely 92-year-old example. But at the same time, you know, collecting stories from people it, you know, of every different age. So a very young girl told me about how her father had died of leukemia when she was only 13. And the real struggle with that, because they'd been so close, she's an only child, and her and her mum really struggled afterwards. But at one point, they were walking in, in, through the living room and they noticed a Bible on the bookshelf that had never been there before. And they opened it up and it was her dad, but it wasn't the Bible that he normally read as an adult. It must have been the Bible that he had read when he first became a Christian as a teenager. And so uh, the girl telling the story looked through this old Bible 
and expected to see um, writing from her father because he used to write notes in the margins and underline things which in his normal Bible. But in this particular Bible, there wasn't anything underlined. She looked all the way through the Old Testament. She looked all the way through the four Gospels. But then she got to Romans. And her dad had put a big box around Romans 8.28. For we know that it, um, <laughs> sorry, all for in all things God works for the good mm. of those who love him. And she was just profoundly affected by this because she realized, looking back on her dad's life, he'd been a Christian, that even when he was diagnosed with leukemia and he was in and out of hospital a lot in, and in, then in palliative care, he said, she said she realized that he could see God's goodness even in hospital, even in all of that, and that he'd been such an encourager to the other patients on the ward. And so this young girl with this, you know, just box around Romans 8, said she then went and memorised Romans 8, all of Romans 8, and she'd say it over and over to herself as she went to do her exams at school, and then she got into medicine, and now she's working towards working in palliative care because it so impacted her. But she recently got married, and she read Romans 8, at her wedding. And I just thought it's just this lovely story of um, of pain and hardship and yet the hope that she found within that and that she still finds and it's still hard. She misses her dad. But she she holds on to this Romans eight and she's able to sing that that song about in Christ alone, about there's a line that says, um, from life's first breath to final death, Jesus commands my destiny. So it's just a lovely sharing of, of what what has kept her going through hardship. So uh, what I've loved, and I could just keep telling you well, and, <laughs> you've you've written ten books, and there's ten <sighs> more to be written. So uh, and no doubt uh, because a number of your books have been about the compilation of uh, people's personal mm. stories and hardship mm-hmm. stories, missionary stories, all sorts of mm. things that. Uh, you know are going to be an encouragement to others. And so uh, with 10 more books yet to write, uh, we're going to, after the after the news, we're going to ask listeners uh, to call in and uh, they might be able to just give a brief account of their own story. But I wonder whether just in a couple of minutes until we go to the news, uh, just very briefly, the idea that when you're having a discussion like this, sometimes you've got stories that have been tucked away in your memory for a long time, mm. but a conversation like this brings them to the fore, and I guess you've got to strike while the iron is hot and uh, and make the contact when you can. But but there are some triggers that bring back those times when God has worked miraculously in your life uh, to give you the encouragement to get through those hard times. That's right, and memory is an interesting thing, isn't it? I think when we start, there's something interesting about writing or typing, and actually beginning the process of thinking, oh, yeah, there was that hard time back in so-and-so, you know, five years ago when when my child was sick or, or something, whatever it was. And you, you start to remember that thing and, and you picture yourself in that place or in the doctor's surgery or whatever it was. And then it, and then what can happen is you, you actually re- you read a verse or, or something encouraging happened or, or a friend walked by just at the right time. And... And unless we actually write that down, it, it, it can go in our memory. But as we come back to it and start to either write or type or even think or tell a friend, then, then more of it comes. More of it is attached to the feeling of that doctor's surgery, for example, or the look on your friend's face. or And then you think, oh, yeah, I remember more than what we keep sort of at the front of our brain. <laughs> because as you say, it is, it is stored, isn't it? 
But there is a process, I think, either as a rewrite or tell a story, where a lot more can be recalled than we would think. <laughs> and I suspect that when the dust settles beyond an experience and you're reflecting on that, that's mm-hmm. perhaps sometimes when you can most clearly see the hand of God at work. Uh, Naomi, just before we take any calls, and we've got some calls lined up here ready to go, but um, but when someone contacts you and says, hey, I wonder whether my story's worth telling, uh, what sort of things are you looking for? Yeah, I'm looking for, it can be anything, it can be how they first came to faith in Jesus, how did Jesus become important to them, what, what happened before and what happened afterwards. But it can be someone, so, so those, there are many people, of course, who've had conversion uh, experiences later in life or as adults, but then there are many who who grew up in Christian families and feel like they've always had a, a faith and a trust in Jesus. So they want to share something about how God has just deeply encouraged them, particularly in a time of, of trial, and they want to share that with other people. And particularly, I'm looking for uh, something that they read in the Bible that really convicted them, that God used to, to uh, really enable them through that hard time so that it really just draws us back to God's word and we're, we're sharing how God is at work in okay. the world through his All word. Right. Fabulous. Well, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Kaz is in Wyala in South Australia. Hi, Kaz. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good, Kaz. Uh, what's Good. your story? I know we might not be able to hear a whole story from everybody, but um, but let's hear a little of your story. Okay, I found my faith probably about halfway through my daughter's addiction to ice and um, my mum had passed away a couple of years before that as well so we were struggling with with a few deaths in our family and I ended up meeting a lady um, through a bit of counselling that I had because I didn't know where to turn to and um, we both ended up um, creating a, a support group um, for people that are going through their loved one's addiction. But halfway through that, um, I found my faith. I went to um, a church where my grandson was at school and um, haven't stopped going since. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, just my faith journey has just been beautiful and it's just helped me along the way. It's, um, yeah, it's just made me stronger. Um, when I first started going to church, um, a Bible verse kept kept um, coming up with John three sixteen. It would come up everywhere, and I would just be like, "Wow, oh, he's following me everywhere. What's going on?" Wow. <laughs> and yeah, Kaz, it's just that's everywhere. That's beautiful, Naomi. Uh, you could take Kaz's story and turn that into something that others can really benefit from. <laughs> I could, and so with the Bible study. Stories. What we're trying to do is, is about. It's quite short. It's about five hundred words. But just that. That would be a lovely example, Kaz. Of yeah, you're honest yeah. and you're struggling, and that's something that. The thing is, with stories, they're relatable. Like we've all, um, not that we have been through exactly that, but we've got young adult children who are, uh, <laughs> are yeah, struggling with all sorts of other things, and so we know the fear of a parent, and we know. Uh, how that seeps into everything and how, how hard that is. So we can relate to you yeah. and your story when you share that. And I think that's really powerful. When what when you went to church, what did you notice, first of all, when you went to the church where your grandson? That um, people were just kind. I loved, um, you know, that there was a gentleman that I met in the church that knew my mum and dad as well, which really cemented 
my place in that church and mm-hmm. um, just just listening to what he had to say about my mum and dad was just like, wow, I am in the right place because <laughs> my mum and dad wow. were Christians as well and he knew them yeah. years and years and years ago. So, yeah. Great. Now, Kaz, I'm going to tell you how you can connect with Naomi because I'm going to give the website that you can go to, and I'll give this website address uh, as we go through this next 15, 20 minutes, but naomireed.info, and there'll be other listeners who'll want to write that down too to connect with Naomi. Simply send her an email, a little brief outline of your story, and Naomi will follow up from there. So naomireed.info. So, Kaz, uh, jot that one down, and I'll mention that too in just a few moments in case you didn't have uh, a pen handy. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Thank you so much, Kaz. Let's take another call. Russell is on the line from Slacks Creek in Queensland. Hi, Russell. Hello. How are you? Bless you. So I enjoy your shows when I can listen to it. Great. But what I'm looking for, I really thank God for my spiritual parents. That's after I got born again, I had a breakdown and I was in hospital and they prayed, God, make yourself real to Russell. And there was a really peace and all that there. And I thank God. Uh, I was on medication for 30 years, and they really helped me through. I'm off medication. God's brought me through it. And one day I was sitting there talking to my spiritual father when I just after had the breakdown at home. And I really was depressed and high on uh, medication, they had me doped up in that fear, depression and all that. And my spiritual father said to me, you can't go on feelings at this stage. You'll have to wait until later on you will be able. I'm sitting there. I could have exploded, but I bit my tongue. Today I can go on the feelings and uh, the sermon of spirit and all that. I thank God he had his hand. I was in rebellion. God told me to do something. And I didn't... Well, I won't worry about it. And through that, I had the breakdown because I was in rebellion. I just come around the mountain now. God's got me through it. I thank God he brought people in to help me and get me through it. I'll give him all the glory for it. Russell, when you're in the depths of depression, going through a breakdown, and you recognise that God is present therein with the issues that you're going through. Uh, That's a powerful story. Naomi, that sort of story, uh, that's an encouragement to people, isn't it? It is encouragement because I love the way that that your your spiritual parents prayed and said, God, make yourself real to Russell. And I think that's a brilliant prayer. And God answers it in a whole variety of ways in our lives. And, And thank you for sharing how he did that to you. I think that's really encouraging. Russell, and uh, let me just mention naomireed.info, the website. You'll be able to send an email to Naomi and uh, encourage you to do so, and Naomi will be able to follow through and uh, get your story uh, recorded and and perhaps into some publication. Let's continue to take some stories. Uh, Barry is on the line in Sydney. Hi, Barry. Welcome. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Naomi. uh, What's your story, Barry? Well, look, I, I was working at, at Lifeline uh, many years ago and I, I was polishing uh, uh, about a dozen wine glasses, all different sizes, and the age of them didn't matter. And I put a little bit of water in each of them and I began to play each of them. You know, each wine glass, uh, each wine glass sang. And Naomi, as you shared, uh, God's storybook. Uh, 
a day is a thousand years to our loving Heavenly Father. And, yeah, God writes his own, collects his own uh, own stories, but his pens and paper and ink uh, are us. We are his writers. I've been one of God's storytellers since 1964. Uh, beautiful stuff, Barry. Uh, Naomi, your thoughts for Barry? I love that analogy of the wine glasses and that they're all singing, they're each singing. And, and you're right, that's, um, that's, that's who we are as, um, as God's children. We are all part of this, you know, this wonderful um, million, uh, what did I say before? We're all this million sequels. And I love that, that we're all, we've all got a different song and a different voice to share. That I actually wrote a story about a conductor uh, with a symphony orchestra and how how we're all, you know, got a different voice in the orchestra, but we, but if one doesn't play, we miss we miss that part, and we want to really keep our eyes on the conductor because he's he is, you know, bringing about the music and the tune. So in the same way, yeah, we are all each different instruments, and it's important to share our little part in the different ways that God gives us. So thank you. Good reminder. Well, Barry, let me remind you, the website to go to, and you can email Naomi from that website, is naomireed.info, N-A-O-M-I-Reed, R-E-E-D, dot info. Thank you so much, Barry, for your call. Taking calls on 1-800-316-316. You might like to have uh, your story, just a, a brief story, We don't have a lot of time for long stories, but uh, let's hear another one. Wendy is on the line from Casino in New South Wales. Hi, Wendy. Hello. How are you? Good. What are your What's your story, Wendy? Well, I was brought up as a Sunday school teacher as a teenager. Went to university, determined to stay uh, conservative and Christian, but was radicalised there within three weeks. Now, and I became a left wing activist. Because that's what happened to me at university. I mean, that's a long story, obviously. But um, it wasn't for about another eight years that um, after going through marriage and three children, one of whom happened to be Matt Prater, who happens to be one of the um, the, the announcers yes. on your show, <laughs> yep. that a beautiful young, a beautiful lady at Nursing Mothers Association began to tell me I needed Jesus. I was going through a pretty bad stage in my life. And she continued to love me and care for me and, Eventually, um, against my better um, pride, I um, gave in and discovered that Jesus was exactly what I needed. And just in time, Matthew was three years old at the time, and he was able to be, uh, grow up as a Christian rather than grow up as a, yeah, as a, a left-wing radical child. So. <laughs> It's Wendy, a good story. what a wonderful story it is! And uh, yes, I've got the family connection there. But Naomi, what are your thoughts for Wendy? Oh, I love that, Wendy. I love the fact that, that your friend um, loved and cared for you and, and reminded you that you needed Jesus. And I think in so many of our stories, actually, there is God using you know one person or a group of people or a group of people at this church who showed love and care and kindness and grace, yes. oh, mercy yes. and hospitality and the impact of that. And then that reminds us that we can be those people for the one or two, just the people down the street or in, you know, over at the shop. And I think that's a powerful reminder because we not only have we, you know, benefited and been impacted by the people around us, but we can be those people, those hands and feet, those caring people for others who are yet, you know, who are still on that journey and they, they're coming to faith and God is doing, going to do that 
around us. So thank you. Fabulous connections here. And Wendy, let me remind you the website to go to to send your story on an email to Naomi is naomireed.info. Though naomireed.info. Thank you so much, Wendy. Let's hear another caller, Jonathan, another regular from Perth. Hi, Jonathan. Yes. yeah, hello, Neil. Jonathan, what are your, just uh, in a nutshell, your story? Uh, my story is, uh, is just, it was, uh, I was sick for seven years. And at our sick for seven years, my mom was praying for me. And so in 1956, I got healed by praying for me. An evangelist, I wanted, he was a great healer. God worked miracle in his life too that I was healed. And then after a few months, I met Jesus in my dream, and he took the sickness from me. From that, I started worshiping and serving God. From that time, I become a Christian from that area. Wow. So, so there's, a, there's a miracle element of your story, Jonathan, uh, where you were healed after a seven-year illness. Uh, Naomi, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, there's lots more to Jonathan's story, no doubt, too. But Naomi, your thoughts for that sort of story and the impact that can have for people who would pick that up and read that and be encouraged. Oh, absolutely wonderful to hear. It's so exciting. Praise God. And, and I find it interesting as well that when I was particularly living in Nepal and, and traveling and getting stories in different parts of Asia um, and the Middle East, there was a lot of stories of healings and dreams and God working in that way. And I find that interesting because particularly in countries where they have less access to God's written word in the Bible, God seems to be working in, in different ways. And of course, we're not negating that here in Australia as well. And uh, it's lovely to have that reminder here as well that God is God. He is able to draw people to himself in any way he wants. And he doesn't always heal, but he sometimes does and can, of course. And that's a lovely reminder for those of us who can sometimes forget God's power and authority. Thank you. And Jonathan, before I let you go, uh, you had that miracle in your own life and you were young then. How has that miracle, just very quickly, affected the rest of your life? Because it changed the whole trajectory of where you were headed. Yes, uh, according to what you are saying, because of that, God began to reveal himself completely to me. And from that time, I have no doubt. Uh, this even called me to enter the ministry because of what God had done in my life. So it moved me and I began to move other people and begin to be a great teacher in my my denomination. So God moved me in that, you know, in situation like that, especially sickness when there's no hope, God heal you and move your life completely. Wow. Jonathan, thank you so much for calling in and sharing that. 1-800-316-316. Let me just say, uh, to get your story into Naomi's hands, and uh, she'll do a short interview with you and uh, get the details and massage that into something that will be beautifully able to be presented in whatever format she's able to do that. NaomiReed.info. Uh, let's take another call. Norman is on the line from Innisfail in Queensland. Hi, Norman. Welcome. Hello. How are you? Good, Norman. What are your What's I've, your story? Very quickly. I've, 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 I've been a privileged recipient of many miracles. There's several that have been quite profound. The first one was back in 1979, and I was um, suffering a, an injury, hemorrhoids of all things, very painful. Yeah. Because I was serving God at the time, I went to the church where we were in North Williamstown, 
And they had a privilege of having a spiritual healer from the Philippines come over. And although I missed him, I went into the healing sanctuary and climbed up onto the bunk in quite pain, a lot of pain, remember. I, I laid there and for several minutes, the whole room tended to disappear in a silver effulgence and great peace came over me. I tended to float out of, the, out of my body and a hand appeared out of the ether and the index finger went into my heart and the heartbeat stopped and the breathing stopped for it could have been a minute or a thousand years and because it was quite an uh, impressive um, occurrence. And when the finger was taken out of my heart, the heartbeat started and the breathing started again. And guess what? All the pain was gone and I was up and running again. Wow. <laughs> okay. And, oh, yeah. Norman. That was, that was quite an astonishing an event. And so that was, that was an encounter with God that you would say yes. takes you a little bit deeper than the idea of just hearing a Bible verse. You've actually had a real uh, experience in that encounter. Uh, that sort of yeah. thing, Naomi, uh, just uh, f- quickly for Norman, uh, that's, a, that's a very different and uh, interesting and deeper story to tell. It is, isn't it? And, and again, absolutely, we, sh- we could be telling those, and it's, it's wonderful and how convicting for you, Norman, and how it must have changed your life. And I love the way that you, you had the peace as well with it. And, um, and But that's the thing, isn't it, that what God most wants us to do is make us his. He wants to save us through the blood of his own son, Jesus, and he wants to give us forgiveness and life forever with him. And the way that he, he, he deals with us along the way is just, it's up to him, isn't it? It's fascinating. It can include all sorts of amazing encounters like that where we actually realize who we are before a holy God and how we've been saved. And, and we will, of course, look forward to a time of complete healing but we wait for that as well. And, and sometimes God does heal now, but um, not every time. And uh, it's good to be reminded that he's with us in, in, in everything through, through his spirit as well. And that's his deep promise until he returns. Norman, thank you so much for calling in. Look, we have run out of time. I'll have to put a line under the, the calls we can take now. But there'll be lots and lots of stories. Uh, those who won't pick up the phone to call in, but are going to write down the website, naomireed.info. And when you go to Naomi's website, uh, you'll be able to send an email to Naomi, let her know that you've got a story. Naomi will be in in contact with you uh, to record your story and then uh, hopefully then have an opportunity to be able to uh, have it published and being read by others far and wide. What a wonderful, wonderful opportunity that is. Hey, I'll give that naomireed.info one more time because we've just got a few minutes left in our conversation. I don't want to miss talking about your latest book, Naomi. (laughs) And, uh, you know, maybe we'll have to do another session on another day, but A Story of Hope is your latest book. It's a devotional, 365 devotions uh, through a year. Uh, Give us a little insight into what people will experience when they get a hold of your devotional. Well, I had this great idea. Wouldn't it be good if we could do a devotional book that, that covered the whole Bible? I think a lot of devotional books, they're, they're brilliant and they work via themes and they can be hope and suffering or something like that. Um, but, but I thought, well, wouldn't it be good if we had a devotional book that from Genesis 1 to Revelation by the end of the year so that we could actually um, get the sweep of God's long story and the reminder that this is his world, his plan, his purposes in Christ. So actually last year I, I 
spent all year on this. I read the Bible sort of eight hours a day and I was writing and praying and thinking and reading uh, in order to, to get through from Genesis to Revelation and working from some of my, obviously from my work from Bible college. But um, that was an amazing year for me. And I, I think the reminder in all of us as, as we journey with God is that we immerse ourselves in his word and his promises. And so I loved, I loved writing and I hope people will be, find it really helpful uh, as a way to get back into the word. And I think that we are living in times where we are quite scattered and, and we tend to do things in bite-sized ways. But can we also uh, read the word in, in context? And so that, there's just another way of reminding us of God's big, long story and the promises and plans he has for us in Christ. Wow. A story of hope. Now, when I first spoke to you, I'm not sure whether it was available yet. Is it? Is it now available? It's, we are talking about a brand <laughs> no. new book. It's, it's not quite out yet. Uh, any idea it's of the about, timing? Yeah, it's about to go to print. And so um, my publisher's in the UK, and they think they'll have the books by September, but then they ship to Australia. So it'll be it'll be about in sort of September, October. So can you pre can you pre order one of those? You could on my ah, uh, that's a good point. You could on my on my website or on their on their um, website. But I think that the cover just needs to go up. So probably in the next couple of weeks that will happen. Okay, so that one is really new and it's not out yet, and you can pre order. A Story of Hope, mm-hmm. it's a devotional, and uh, we mentioned some of your books a little earlier. Uh, the biggest seller, My Seventh Monsoon, Your Himalayan Journey of Faith and Mission, and we did mention too Finding Faith, where you were describing some of the conversion stories that you had been able to uh, write that have come from around the world. And and uh, I did say, you know, you've written 10 books and there's 10 more still to come. And uh, no doubt there'll be listeners today who've written down your website and will make contact with you. And let me encourage that to happen. And you never know when your story might be uh, published somewhere like Eternity Newspaper or in some other books from the Bible Society or in Naomi's books that are to come in the years ahead. So naomireed.info. Naomi, just wonderful to make this connection. And uh, yes, we should set another time for another day and we'll talk about some more of your stories. But thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Oh, you're welcome. Lovely to talk with you. And just while we're talking, the first email has come in from someone wanting to share from Kaz. So that's brilliant. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm sure there'll be plenty to follow. Uh, Blessings to you. We'll talk again another day. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.